Hey guys, and welcome to the number 218 ever episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. In today's episode, we are going to be recapping the Wizards' past three losses against the Pacers uh, in Indiana and then at home against the Nets and the Clippers. They have been struggling. And I know that was the title of the last episode, so I'll have to think of a different title for this episode. Uh, but the Wizards have lost their last seven games and have won since being 10-7 and seven, and have won one out of their last 11 games. And that's since being 10 and 7. Something needs to change. I don't know if it's coaching. I don't know if it's the plan. But when we get to a point where Kevin Durant is in your 30 point performance, uh, going into the fourth quarter, how do you expect to win a basketball game? I think should be the number one question. Now, I get with this Wizards team that they've had injuries and all that. We'll break all that down. But something needs to change. And we're also going to be previewing. Their matchup against the Nuggets tonight. But without Beal, without Porzingis, I don't know how they're going to get it done. Hope you guys do enjoy this episode. If you do, subscribe, follow, share, view. And of course, as always, let's get into this. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn. So we'll go from the at least recently, which was the Wizards' loss to the Indiana Pacers, one twenty-one uh, to one eleven. I unfortunately wasn't able to catch too much of this game, but for short story, the Wizards were in it. They were in the game. It wasn't a blowout or anything like that. But overall, they couldn't stop Buddy Heald and they couldn't stop Benedict Matherin. Nothing's new. The Wizards don't know how to stop uh, shooting wings on the perimeter. It's been the same story with a different player every single game. Sure, it, it's it's like a book. It's like titling a book, The Wizards Against Perimeter Shooting Guards, and there's a new chapter every single game. So there's 82 chapters of the story. And every chapter, there's a new person. That's That's basically what it is like for the Wizards going against perimeter guards this season. Because to see Buddy Heald go for 28, and Benedict Mathurin go for 18. For those who can't do that quick math, that's um, a lot of points. Uh, just just know that. That's 46 points. So, 46. So, when you've already had just two scoring guards who aren't even the best players on their team get 46, and you're without your best scoring guard, it takes a lot of comeback. And to come back, you're going to have to have Jordan Goodwin put up 19, 4, 3, and have five steals. Sure, he did that, surprisingly, and he shot 60% from the field and from three uh, while doing so. So you finally, you luckily got that break, but you're not going to get all these breaks. Monte Morris struggled. Um, 
Corey Kispert struggled, and they had two different players that had no points off the bench. You had a paint game that was very um, kind of disappointing, I guess you could say. And, and again, Kispert shooting oh a four from three. But my point is, when you allow these scoring guards on the perimeter to hurt you, it's only a matter of time before you're going to have some players that step up. But without Beal, it's only a matter of time before your scores aren't going to score enough points. Like, I mean, with the way this Wizards team is constructed, they built it around Bradley Beal, but they could win without Bradley Beal if they could stop guards from the perimeter. At least contain them. Like, 46 points from their... I mean, I wouldn't say... I mean, on the Pacers, I'd say Tyrese Halliburton's better, and I'd say Miles Turner are better. So they're not even a top-two player on their team. When you have two role players, high role players, getting a combined 46 points like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown do a little more on a game-to-game basis, how do you expect to win? I guess that's my question. And I get the Wizards of injuries, and they haven't they didn't play terrible. But I think and it hasn't just been scoring guards. It's just been scoring in general. Their defense has been very sloppy, and they paid the price for it. And um, I think this is one of those things where that's a fixable mistake. So that specific game you could zoom into and find the mistake, and Wes Elsa Jr. could find a way to stop it. But when you lose seven straight and 10 out of 11, there's not going to be one mistake. There's mistakes all over the floor. Next game, you play the Clippers. John Wall, welcome back. The Wizards tribute to him. It was the first. Technically, he came back during the 2021 season, but he hasn't really had a game. He hasn't had a game where he's came back to D.C., Oh, there's fans in the stands, which is crazy. So he was traded over three years ago. But yeah, it was a tribute um, to him, which was nice and all that. Um, but the only nice part about it was the fact that they honored him and decided to let him go for uh, 13 points of decent efficiency. Um, also, they just played, they didn't play that well. I mean, Kawhi Leonard was contained, but Paul George 36 and, and perimeter, just know if there's a perimeter guard on the other team that knows how to score the ball a tiny bit, they'll up their rate by like 20%. And uh, just know, if you're a scoring guard that's kind of struggling and you need to kind of get back in the rotation, play the Wizards. That's a life lesson. Go in the Eastern Conference so you can play the Wizards four times a year. Because that is the true lesson that I have taken out of this season is that the Wizards cannot stop perimeter guards. And then all of a sudden it, it pushes them. Uh, it pushes them to a terrible place. I mean, John, uh, Paul George, 36 points. How are you going to make up those 36 points without Beal? Uh, let's see. Porzingis and Kuzma scored a little bit more than usual, so that probably takes them about 10 points. All right, so let's see. Where are the other points coming from? Jordan Goodwin probably scored about 10 more points, 20 more points. I don't see 16 more points anywhere. So my point is when when you allow your, when you put yourselves in a situation where you're allowing these scorers to score so many points, like, it's different with Beal. Like, with Beal, then you have to make a lot more mistakes to lose because that would just be inexcusable to be able to have that scoring talent. Beal next to him, that would just be inexcusable to be able to lose that. And they have lost some of those games this year, and that's a different story for a different day. But when you're without Bradley Beal, you need to make sure these scoring guards are in check. Like, I don't remember exactly the kind of defense that the Wizards were playing in this game, but a box and just know you really don't need to guard the paint. Like, the paint players are Ivica Zubac. Again, Zubac, very underrated. And Moses Brown. These are underrated quality centers. They don't need to be 
guarded like crazy. Like they don't they don't need to be highly contained, right? Like it, it's all logically like you you can't expect again like Paul George and then all these perimeter guards to score these points without Bradley Beal, and then the Wizards need to come back. And to be honest, it's not fair to put on Porzingis, and it's not fair to put on Kyle Kuzma because they couldn't have played better games. They each played terrific. Have they had their flaws this season? Yes. But without Beal, they are put in such a difficult position. They played well. But the Wizards, and this is also on the um, on the general manager, Tommy Shepard, he needs to set up a roster knowing that Beal's getting hurt every other game. He needs to set up a roster where he knows, especially paying Beal that much money, it's, it's hard. But either don't pay Beal that amount of money, or pay him that amount of money, know he gets hurt, and know it will take a lot to pay him. Build a team that can have a player that can be consistent and make up for those 36 points, right? And then all of a sudden, you find yourself back in a basketball game. All the Wizards need to do is stay in it, and then they can make a run. But, like, again, it's all about catching up on those points. And it's different for, like, Paul George. Like, he still should be putting up 36. But, like, for Buddy Heald and Benedict Matherin, it's just... It's inexcusable. And then the Nets game, to be honest, I don't blame them. Um, I mean, they're going against Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons without, like, all your depth. I mean, if you really do think about it, the Wizards are in a tough spot right now. And I don't want to be and I don't want to be too, too critical because of that. Because the Wizards are missing Beal. Now they're about to miss Porzingis. You've been missing DeLon, right, basically the entire season. Ruby Hachimura hasn't played in, like, a month. So it's really hard. I get it to be able to play. So I don't want to be too critical. I'm not really going to break down their loss against the Nets because I really don't think they could have done a lot better. Some takeaways, though, after, after these last few games. Um, Daniel Gafford, when used properly, is a very productive player. Um, Will Barton confuses me, I guess I'll just say, because one day he'll put up four points on while shooting one of nine from the field. And the next day he'll put up 22, 7, and 7 while shooting 8 of 15 from the field of 4 of 8 from 3, like he did against the Nets. So, <laughs> I don't know sometimes with him. Uh, Jordan Goodwin has definitely been uh, picking up some slack. Uh, I mean, has definitely been, um, not, not picking up some slack is the wrong word, but he's definitely been stepping up since Biel got hurt. And uh, Porzingis and Kuzma are consistent. Let me say that. They're consistently putting up over 20 points. But, you know, without Biel getting this hard, but, Still, I mean, losing Beal or not, like, to be if, – with Beal, you want to call yourselves a contender. And this is a really big thing you need to think about is Beal's being paid number one – number, 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 number one money. Like, one of the best players in the NBA, which I mostly everybody can agree it's over. He's still a great player. He still should be signed. I think a lot of people could agree that he still probably shouldn't have been paid that much, right? But it's fine. Now you got yourself in that situation, though. The the thing that you need to think about is if you took Beal off the team, how's the team going to do? Well, here's your answer. Um, If you take Giannis off the Bucks, and this has nothing to do with value, this isn't um this isn't complimenting Bradley Beal, but if you take Giannis off the Bucks, they still have a capable basketball team that can keep up. And that's a big thing. So... They're not putting themselves where they're 0-4 without their superstar. They're putting themselves where they're 2-2 two and two without their superstar. Say he's out for four games. So that's a two-game difference. And then when their superstar comes back, he's playing at a higher level because not only is he a better player, but he's also being surrounded by the players that fit him. So this all has to do, it has to do with so many things. It has to do with general managing. 
coaching and playing. Overall, a lot needs to change for the Wizards. And I don't want to call it in rebuild mode yet because before they went on this tough stretch, they were playing great basketball. Like, I haven't seen the Wizards play this great basketball in a long time. Honestly, since Westbrook was there, even last year when they started off 10-3, and three, I hadn't seen them play the way they were when they were 10-7. and seven. Again, I said they were the best Wizards team since that team in the only made the conference finals in 2017. But now, right, you go, you have all these losses, and you're right back in a situation where you're six games under 500, nowhere near the playoffs without your two best players. So they've gotten themselves in a very tricky situation, and this is why games uh, where – you know, you have Bradley Beal news by nine to the Celtics games where you blow leads against the Heat and all have you know have Shago have have not have Denny uh, not uh, have Shago Alexander drive on Denny Avdi in foul trouble and then not have him guard him on the final play of the game did a game winning shot when all your players are healthy stuff like that they come into handy because if the Wizards win those games if they're healthy players they're still in the playoff race. So there's a lot that that needs to that needs to happen for this game and for the Wizards to succeed, but um, you know I'm not gonna blame them too much. They have a lot of injured players, but I think they just gotta take a game at a time. You know they do have a tricky schedule coming up. You know you go uh, at Denver now, and then you go at the Clippers uh, on Saturday, and then the next day you go at the Lakers, then at the Suns, then at Utah, then at Sacramento. All of those teams have been very capable, especially a Laker team right now with Anthony Davis. This is going to be a tough stretch. But in this West Coast trip, I would like to win four out of those six games. I know it's a big ask. But if you could beat a Utah team you've already proven to beat this year, assuming Bill could come back pretty soon in Porzingis, which it does look like they will, you could beat a Sacramento team. They've always they've had their number pretty recently. Uh, the Clippers, they should be able to, again, pick up uh, some of that scoring load, right, that they did, you know, in that game. I said they needed to catch up without Beal. Now they are going to have Beal, so that could be a winnable game. And then, boom, all of a sudden you're at three or four. So, like, I would like the Wizards to win at least three games in the stretch, and I'd like them to just continue to crawl their way back into the playoff race because when they do get an easy schedule, um, then they can start to pour it on and go on a winning streak again. I know this episode is going longer. We are still going to preview the Wizards game against the Nuggets. I feel like I did need to break that down because there's so much going on. But overall, the Wizards have had a lot of trouble going against scoring guards. Their roster isn't set up to win without Beal. Beal's injured too much. Their roster isn't amazing with Beal and sets them up in a position like this. And they are injured. Beal out. Porzingis out. Hachimura out. Morris out. Wright out. Gill out. They're all out. And for the Nuggets, they don't have too many um, big injuries. I mean, Michael Porter Jr.'s out. I mean, um, I mean, how is today different than any other day? And Colin Gillespie, a modest avoid, as they say in Judaism. Uh, why is today different than any other day? Michael Porter Jr. is injured. And Colin Gillespie um, is also out. The starting lineups for the Wizards, I mean, with all these players out, I mean, I guess you expect Jordan Goodwin, Corey Kispert, Denny Avdia, Kyle Kuzma, and Daniel Gafford. I mean, again, nothing like the Wizards' usual starting lineup. And for the Denver Nuggets, you know, it should stay, uh, you know, as usual. And uh, that lineup is Jamal Murray, Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I think they'll put Bruce Brown in at that small forward spot. Aaron Gordon and Nikola Jokic. My prediction, I have the Wizards losing 119 to 107. Starting off with my Coburn's catch. 
My Cobra's catch for this game is just to find a way to protect the paint, and it will be hard without Kristaps Porzingis. Nicole Jokic is a two-time reigning NBA, NBA MVP, and he's missed three games this season. The Nuggets are one and two in those games, but that's besides the point. In the two games that they did lose, it was because they had a lack of paint play without Jokic. However, in the game that they won without Jokic, it was because they had paint play. Because Bones Highland, their backup big man, decided to go for 29 points and it opened up the rest of the offense. The Nuggets the Nuggets offense thrives around the paint game. And you know, of course you know it's great with Jokic. It thrives with the paint game. When that is succeeding for them, it opens up everything else. The perimeter, defense, everything. But if their paint game isn't going, you got to expect them to lose. And it's going to be tough for the Wizards to guard the paint without their best rim protector and Kristaps and Porzingis. But from the Wizards, I'd actually set up a box in one. And have guys like Jordan Goodwin and Denny Avdia guard the perimeter. So if you could somehow contain the paint, it will force either Jokic to shoot from the outside or rely on his teammates to make shots. And if you could get the ball out of Nicole Jokic's hands, that wouldn't be the ideal situation for Denver. So I doubt all that's going to happen, but that would be the ideal scenario for the Wizards so that Kuzma could start scoring the ball and they could start to get more consistent scoring possessions to keep themselves in the game. My surprising statement is that, sure, the paint may be contained a little bit because that should be the strategy with West Hansel Jr., but Nikola Jokic will have over 15 assists in the game. And what makes a player like Jokic so spectacular is that he can do, I feel like, absolutely everything on the court. He can play great defense and rim protecting. He can score the ball. He can rebound. He can pass it. And, again, the Nuggets will know that the Wizards will probably go in trying to stop the paint game. And that's kind of as kind of their game plan. So Jokic will use his crafty, fancy passing and facilitating abilities to get guys like Jamal Murray and Gatavius Caldwell Pope, former wizard. They're also going against Ish Smith, another former wizard in that trade where they got Will Barton and Monte Morris. That's besides the point. But um, he's going to be able to find those perimeter players. And I think the Wizards will have a very, they'll be in a very difficult predicament because they'll be like, okay, we need to stop the perimeter and we need to stop the paint. You can't do both without some of your best players. So how do you win? You don't. So that's why I think is I think Jokic is spectacular. Then the Wizards won't be able to do anything about that. Spread time: Wizards plus eleven and a half, Nuggets minus eleven and a half. Over under two hundred twenty four and a half. Uh, I would pick. I actually pick the Nuggets because I have them winning by twelve, and I have the over under being two hundred twenty four and a half. That spread is a very good spread. Personally, I would have the same over under two twenty four and a half. I think that under over under makes a lot of sense. I have two hundred twenty six in my matchup, but that is a very perfect over under. But I think I'd have the spread just a little bit less, minus nine, plus nine. It's just a lot of points, eleven and a half. Um, I think I just have it a little bit less. I think it would make the spread more even. Fantasy outlook: I have Nikola Jokic getting sixty to sixty five fantasy points. I have Jamal Murray getting 50 to 55 fantasy points, and Kyle Kuzma also getting 50 to 55 fantasy points. I also expect Corey Kispert to have a decent day, putting up 30 to 35 fantasy points. What punctuation do you put on that percentage? I think ESPN giving the Wizards an 81.6% chance of winning is a little extreme to me because, look, the Nuggets are a much better team than the Wizards this year, especially with Bjorn Porzingis out. But that's a really drastic percentage. I'm not sure I'd put any team, probably some teams, like in a really, like, if it would be like the Pistons without Cade Cunningham against like the Celtics, I'd probably have even a higher percentage. But there would be very little, there'd be like one or two matchups, like very limited amount of matchups that I would have a drastic percentage like this. And I don't think this is one of them that could be that drastic. Um, I still think they should have a great percentage. I'd give them more of a 75% chance of winning, but I think this percentage is a question mark to me. It's just a little off. 
Um, and last, but certainly not least, who you got? I think Nikola Jokic will be the best player on the floor. I mentioned how lethal he is passing the ball with Porzingis out. Again, just mentioned that. But, I mean, Daniel Gafford's a great player. How can he really, how well can he really guard the paint against Nikola Jokic? He's going to be able to score the ball really well. He's going to get a lot of rebounds, as he usually does. And I think that he is going to have an insane triple-double stat line to give the Nuggets the victory. And I think he is going to have an absolute incredible night, putting up 27 points, probably about 13 rebounds. Usually I write down a... um. A stat line. I'm just kind of going with the flow here because with Jokic, that's what you could do. You could go with the flow uh, with a guy like him. So I have 17, I mean, 27 points, 13 rebounds, 17 assists, one steal, no blocks, great efficiency. You don't need to do the exact numbers. Limited turnovers. What do you expect? He's a Cole Jokic. He's the MVP of the game. Give him the win. And the Wizards go to 11 and 18. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view. It was kind of a breakdown episode here for the Wizards. They have a lot of work to do. Um, if they do, um, want to start competing again, again, that will also help when Beal and Porzingis comes back. That even when they do, they have a lot of things that they need to work out if they want to find themselves in a um in a situation. Uh, you know, they have a lot of things. They have a lot of things to work out if they want to make a run here for the postseason. Hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view. I know it was a longer one. I usually don't do that over here, so I hope you guys did enjoy. I have a lot of coverage on Chase of Sports News, Cool Sports Newsletter, Cool Sports Network. I'm going to start to post more, and on my YouTube channel, I have some of my commentating for my middle school basketball team. If you do want to check that out, I may start doing some live streams for Wizards games. We will have to wait and see. That is still to be determined. Don't uh, I possibly guarantee that, but that is a possibility. I have so many possibilities, but I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did, subscribe, follow, share, view, and of course, as always, I'll see you next time. Peace.